All right, welcome back to another episode of the Lion's Guide podcast, where we take on topics of performance and personal growth by exploring the success stories of our guests and the lessons they've learned. I interview other subject matter experts and review books and other resources that can help us all establish clarity build courage, and lead. I'm your host, Dale Walls. I'm founder of Lions Guide. And on this episode, I've got fellow Marine Corps veteran Dave Wolcott. And on this episode, uh, Dave and I discuss another area of high performance that I really haven't touched on yet here on Lions Guide, which is you know, financial performance, you know, all about wealth and wealth mindset. So Dave and I talk a lot about the importance of that wealth mindset and explore his story of coming from a middle-class family to, you know, his commission in the Marine Corps, afterwards becoming a business owner and on to be an equity partner in over $450 million worth of assets. And even with all that going on, Dave is still a high performer too. He's getting after it every day. So um, if you like the sound of that, hit that subscribe button now so you don't miss any of our other great guests and content. And as always, this podcast is sponsored by my company, Lions Guide. And if you've been tuning in, getting value from the show, then do yourself a favor, go out to lionsguide.com and join my free member community called The Pride for no cost to you. We've got uh, access to all kinds of free exclusive content such as yet to be released podcast episodes. I've got reading lists out there. Uh, we do live virtual training events each and every week. We've got a private online community to engage with other growth-minded members and you know a whole lot more. So again, if you're Joining the Pride, it's free um, in developing all of this to you know help you guys break out of your rut or break through to that next best version of yourself, again, by establishing that clarity, building your courage, and being the true leader of your life. So check it out, goodlionsguide.com, and join the Pride today. With that said, let's start the show. Welcome to another episode of Lions Guy Podcast. On and on today's show, we've got Mr. Dave Wolcott, who is a veteran Marine captain. He's also an entrepreneur of a number of businesses, which we'll talk about. Uh, author of a book called The Holistic Wealth Strategy, and today's CEO and founder of Pantheon Investments. and And is in and through that is an equity partner in about a hundred or four hundred fifty million dollars of real estate asset. And Dave, I want to have Dave on the show to kind of talk. We have not talked about financial that the aspect focal area of finance as a high performer and an entrepreneur and, and all the folks that are out there listening um and i was excited to kind of talk to dave and jump into this area because i know he and i are aligned in a lot of things that we know and philosophically but uh he's way more into it than i am and i wanted to bring him on and kind of pick his brain and, and share the wealth if you will so dave welcome and give us a quick who you are and what do you do yeah, thanks, Dale. Uh, happy to be here. Uh, have the opportunity to connect with the listeners. Um, so yeah, just I guess a little bit about my background. Um, probably like a lot of listeners, um, I was raised in a middle class family. Um, you know, conventional wisdom was you know bashed into my brain about you've got to go to school, get good grades, and then you're going to be able to get a job, right? And go out into the world and be successful. So I kind of forged down that path. I thought that was the recipe for success. Um, I went to uh, George Washington in DC and then did the ROTC path um, so I could get into the Marine Corps, um, just kind of had an itch to go serve my country. 
um, give back and and really challenge myself, learn a lot about myself in the in the Marine Corps, which I know we 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 share that uh, history and. Um, you know, had a fantastic time in the Marine Corps, worked with some phenomenal people, saw some amazing things that really gives you a whole different perspective in life and how you see things, a different lens. Um, and then as I transitioned out of the Marines, um, I got into corporate America, not exactly sure what I was going to do, uh, but was trying to take those, um, you know, traits that were you know, you could use uh, transitionally, right? Like leadership and, and teamwork and things like that. So um, I focused on that, uh, got into the corporate world for about four or five years. Um, I was quickly very dismayed, uh, losing that sense of mission, that sense of purpose, right? And really doing something, you know, impactful um, and meaningful. Uh, so I made a transition uh, after that into the entrepreneurial world. Uh, started my own technology consulting business. Um, and at the same time, um, I read uh, one of the most uh, impactful books for me was actually uh, Robert Kiyosaki's Cash Flow Quadrant, where I learned about um, really this cash flow quadrant, right, which is very uh, unique and it gave me an insight. It didn't really give you a play by play, but it gave you an insight that, hey, if you want to play the inside game and be successful in the world of capitalism, uh, you need to be a business owner and an investor. Right. Uh, those those were the two keys to success. So I started to become obsessed uh, with that. Right. With figuring out, you know, how are the wealthy really becoming successful? Um, I spent the past 20 years kind of uh, working on that, building uh, on my own personal wealth. Um, you know, through building businesses as well as uh, putting a strategy in place. And now today, you know, I'm really just trying to share that with other people uh, so that they don't have to make the mistakes that I did, right? And we can cut their learning in half and really grow their wealth. And it's interesting as well, Dale, because, um, you know, wealth to me, right, this is not, there's a big difference between being wealthy and being rich, you know, this isn't about, you know, being high income or whatever, right? This is about wealth, which to me, the thing that really resonates, this is all about freedom, right? And I think, you know, a lot of your audience is entrepreneurs, as is ours, because a lot of times you become an entrepreneur to be free. And the freedom is, there's four dimensions to it, right? So one is financial freedom of course, which kind of gives you the oxygen to have the experiences and do the things that you want to do. Uh, but there's also freedom of purpose, right? And in doing what you want to do, getting out of bed every day, being completely motivated uh, to do that, um, having an impact in the world, you know, that purpose is really, really important for us. Um, also having freedom of relationship, uh, to work with quality people that you want to be working with. And I think we've all had jobs where we've, we've been stuck working with people we don't want to work with that don't inspire us or, you know, bring us down and everything. Um, and the last one is freedom of location, right? And especially, you know, in this time frame, right, post COVID, uh, to be able to work wherever you want in the world, right? Or do what works uh, for your environment to make you successful. Yeah. And I, I mean, I love what where you took that, right? Because that's what I've come to learn and I try to preach myself to high performers. Because, you know, I think like a lot of people that I've come to know that listen to this or they're just trying to, they, 
they're off, right? They're stuck. They go something like they're they're kind of following that that given path, that mainstream conventional stuff, and it's not quite shaken out, right? And 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 that's what it always comes back to for me in these conversations, which is freedom, right? I literally walk around with red, white, and blue freaking socks on every day because not be, you know not not necessarily because of patriotism and go USA, but the sim- symbolism of that, right? The freedom, right? Freedom to live by your own choices. And and that's why I was excited to get you on and kind of dive into this today because it does come down to that, right? Because, you know, you and and I love, I too, right? I think I was broke into this with reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And then I grabbed them all. Like, I've read all Kiyosaki's books. There's only a few I haven't read at this point. But I've been asked before as well, like which, which one did I like the most, get the most out of. And it was Castro Quadrant. I say that as as well. I just kind of rich dad, poor dad, I feel like is fundamental to break that I need a good job. I need a 401k. I, I need all that safety, right? Cause he talks a lot about, you know, trying to play it safe. And and you find and and he does a really good job. And people who don't know that book, go get it. Um I'll link it in the show notes or whatever. Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Robert Kiyosaki. And it, for me, really just broke me out of that, right? Because I, you know, go grow up, get good grades, go to college, get a good job, go work for the government. So you get the benefit. Like there was all that. And um, there is not a lot of freedom the way that I think we're going to talk about it today there, right? You're you're enslaved a bit. And, and there's that saying, what is it? Um, you know, a job is what they give you to forget your dreams or whatever it is like there's that and yeah so anyways yeah and the, yeah the other interesting point about this dale is right we we're all brought up right in the same society and we go to different academic schools uh vocational schools whatever we go through the military i mean all of these different types of trainings out there but nowhere is there education on how to protect and grow your wealth Right. And so we have a lot of entrepreneurs, right, um, that are, you know, in our investor community that have done very well through an exit and, and built their businesses and things like that. But still, people just don't have a true wealth strategy, right, to do that because they never learned. I mean, no, no one ever learned, you know, what that is. Um, and so everyone then, of course, follows the, you know, $30 trillion financial services industry, right? And follows, you know, what they're preaching, um, which is which is very different than what ultra high net worth are doing. Right, absolutely, and because you're right, they don't know any better, and and that's in essence, you know, the the honor that I think we need to give to Robert Kiyosaki is what early '80s he was like, how do I go help teach people this basic finance, you know, and and it's not all the because there's the other models, right? Like what's it, um. Uh, David, um, gosh, I should know his name, but he, he what, what's the guy that makes you pay off all your debt? And Dave you know, Ramsey, Dave Ramsey, yeah. there you go. You know, I've read yep. his stuff too, but it's all about, you know, um, it's a bit pretty that, that's a middle class, it's, it's a middle class philosophy, yeah. and approach and mindset and everything. And one of the first things we talk about, I think that's fascinating because after you know, talking to hundreds of different investors. Um, you know, and as we created our wealth strategy, right, the first step is all about mindset. Yeah. And so many people that, you know, I'm sure you talk to, even that I talk to every day, a, lo- a lot of people don't want to learn new ideas, no matter what 
their their net worth is, whatever their position is, um, they're not open to new ideas. So you have to be open to learning something new. And you also have to be very, you know, curious and say why, right? I mean, it is that it, it's kind of interesting, right? That financial planners will give you a certain amount of advice. Uh, they don't actually need to be accredited investors to be able to sell you their products. Uh, whereas in the private equity world, you know, you need to be an accredited investor to position, you know, these types of offerings. So it's, it's very different. Um, you know, we're, we're taught different things. And, and I think, you know, uh, you know, look, we're consuming all of this information, right? We're, we're bombarded with different media and different things. And, you know, that's what we've heard, right? Through our neighbors, through our friends, through our family and things. Well, they're putting all their money in their 401k. They're paying off their house, right? They're, they're doing all of these things that, but you know what? That's, that's really middle-class advice. And if you want to break that mold, you need to be able to ask why and, and start to learn some new strategies. Yeah. What, uh, I guess, so what was growing up like for you, right? You talked, you talked about, you grew, where, I mean, where'd you grow up at? Where was it city? Yeah. So I, I grew no, I grew up in Connecticut. We were probably about two hours uh, from New York city. So um, a little bit of a bedroom community for people kind of, you know, living outside. It was fair, fairly rural, um, but decent schools and, um, you know, again, I think, you know, just kind of a, a middle class uh, upbringing. We didn't have a ton um, of things. And, you know, we, we learned ethics and how to work hard. And, you know, that was kind of, you know, drilled into us. Um, and I did have the opportunity uh, to travel. I traveled to Europe, um, you know, when I was younger. And then, of course, in the Marines, I, I've actually been to six continents and over 40 countries. Um, and I think traveling just gives you such an amazing perspective on the world and how other people are living, um, how economies are working, how different businesses are working. Um, and when you can have that different lens, it helps you, you know, shape your own, you know, purpose and what's important for you. And, and I think some, uh, uh, gratitude as well, right? And you get out there and see the rest of the world. I think you don't, you take for granted a bit of how we have it here. And then uh, you can get out there and look at some other countries that you, that are first world countries, you know, and, and you get there and go, wow, okay, you guys are still living in the eighties, right? And, 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 and things like that, but it's a, it's a first world country. Um, I, I, that's always something I, I appreciate it as far as getting out and about as well. Um, as far as, um, coming up and going to school, like what, what did you go to college for? What were you hoping to kind of like, what was the path that you were on initially as far as, you know, why you went to college, what you expected to get out of it and, and be doing afterwards? Yeah. So, I mean, uh, unfortunately, I was not a prodigy child. I really didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, and in fact, I, I was not a fan of, of school, you know, learning all of these different topics um, I, that just didn't, frankly, just didn't interest me, whether they were science or philosophy. Um, I did actually have some interest in, in finance um, at the time. You know, that was kind of interesting. Uh, but my original path was I thought I would go into the Marine Corps and then get into uh, criminal law at some point and then maybe work for the State Department uh, or something of that nature because I liked the travel aspect. Um, and again, you know, kind of coming through the military ranks, that would have been a good transition. Um, 
but yeah, it was really more, and I, I got a, you know, bachelor's degree, right? So it was very general. Uh, my training was very general, but having looked, look, looking back on it and, and as my kids enter college, um, I think it was valuable. The, the real thing that I learned out of, you know, the traditional education system is I learned how to learn that, that was really, I think my biggest takeaway rather right. than a particular subject or, or deep things, but I've, I've learned how to learn. Um, and, and if you bring that to today, it's just amazing how many resources there are to learn, but you have to push yourself out there. I mean, I'm a part of a number of mastermind groups. Um, I'm part of the strategic coach, uh, group. And, you know, it's amazing when you surround yourself with like-minded people who are pushing the envelope in many different directions, different industries, different businesses. Um, you know, you learn so much by, through people, through osmosis, right? Through your network. Um, there's also, you know, so many training courses and things now that you can take online um, and learn about some of these concepts that, you know, we never really had, you know, the opportunity to learn. And actually, there's another segue here, Dale, that, you know, I can, I can kind of go into. Um, and, and it's important to me as well, because like I said, uh, you know, what drives me a lot is, you know, I'm really trying to help a lot of people who, you know, give them these insights that I never had. Avoid these pitfalls. Increase your learning right? So you can scale faster. And, um, you know, my kids are just kind of finishing college, kind of going through that. But one of the most important things I think about learning is actually to understand yourself and your unique ability. So what really makes you tick? And, you know, a lot of us have heard about Myers-Briggs and maybe we've done some things like that, right? But there's more extensive things that you can do, like the Clifton Strengths profile. Uh, unique ability is, has been amazing to me. And what unique ability is, is it's really measuring the conative ability in your brain, which is really your hard wiring to say, hey, how quick are you with an idea? You know, can you take an idea and just completely run with it? Or are you someone that says, you know, maybe I research the idea. I want to talk to some more people, do some due diligence, things like that. Um, that's one example. There's like four key areas. Um, one is, you know, also how good of an implementer you are, right? So are you very visual person, things like that. But what, what happens with that is, you start to really identify all of these traits within yourself on the things that are really good. Um, and then, you know, as an entrepreneur, especially the idea is actually to double down on these strengths because that's what you're good at. That's what you're going to get rewarded for. And it also, it comes naturally to you. And then the kicker on top of that, which I know is, you know, one of the questions, one of the things we've talked about as well is that that's what also gives you your energy, right? When you're focused on what you do well, what comes naturally to you, that's very energizing. When you find yourself in situations where you're de-energized, so for me, it's like doing administrative type things. Um, it's very de-energizing for me, right? So, you know, I send that to my executive assistant and, you know, you, you, you handle all this, right? Let me follow up on what energizes me and what, you know, works really well for me. So, these insights, um, I, 
I think were super illuminating for me. And it wasn't until much later in my entrepreneurial career um, that I really got you know, much smarter on how I'm hardwired and learning more about myself. And so for anyone who's really in any stage of your career or life, you know, the more you can learn about yourself and plug yourself in that way is really huge. And you can even go the next level, right? And, and this is how you actually create teams, right? So just, you know, that is the perfect example, right? For me, administrative things really bog me down and, and are de-energizing. Whereas when I give it to my executive assistant, she eats it up. She loves that type of work, you know? And I used to feel bad in the old days when you delegate work out, it's like, oh, you're just giving the crappy work, you know, to someone else because you don't want to do it, right? And, you know, you're doing it that. She loves it. Right. So, you know, that's what's really powerful about building a team and scaling. And also, you know, this whole thing, right, around freedom and where you're going, it's also fulfillment. Right. I mean, you want to live a life of, you know, doing the things that energize you, you know, inspire you, things that you're having fun doing. So why not do that to your natural abilities um, and what you're good at, what you get rewarded for uh, versus filling your time with other things? Um, the guy who runs the entire program is strategic coach, Dan Sullivan. He actually lives hundred percent of his time in his business is only on his unique ability. He only, sh which is basically center stage work. So pretty much either, you know, coaching or being on stage. That's what he does. That's all he does. The, all the backstage, everything else in the business is taken care of by other team members. Yeah, I think it's awesome. And that's one of like the three tenets alliance guide is establish clarity, have courage and lead the way. And that that's, speaks to the importance of establishing clarity, right? Knowing who you are, what you like doing, what you don't like doing, like you said, what your unique abilities are and your strengths and weaknesses, because you're right. Like like those things that we're weak in or just not excited to do, um, if we haven't made a practice of one, identifying it, but two, identifying it with intention of delegating it, right? And finding the people that are excited to do that stuff, it doesn't get done, right? We avoid it. And, you know, and I, I like, yeah, I smiled when you said it, right? Like in the beginning of starting my first company, I didn't want to do the administrative stuff. I like, I didn't want to do it. And it just sat and I always found something else to do instead of it. And, you know, my uh, wife was my second full-time employee because the business was starting to take it off, but she could do that. She liked doing that. And, she, and, you know, like a lot of, you know, businesses sometimes do. My wife came in and she became the office manager and just ran with all that stuff, made sure it was taken care of. And that, that freed me to one, know that it was getting done and two, um, then go focus on the things I wanted to do. And, and, and that was an early lesson, thankfully, and still how I operate today, you know, like you said, getting assistance and the like in and, and you kind of run into the, like the, what needs to be done and then who needs to do it. Right. Like, okay, who, because one of Sullivan's books, right, is like who, not what, or, or who, or, not how, who, not how. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, exactly. To that that principle. So, um, so, so you went to college specifically to join the Marine, like become an officer. Was that? Yeah, I knew. Yeah. I knew that I wanted to become an officer oh, and wow. you know do the ROTC route and. You know, I, I didn't really have much of a family uh, background in the military. I think a lot of people are influenced that way. But I just thought, like I said, it would be an incredible opportunity to serve my country, uh, to travel and, you know, to really challenge myself. Sure. What did your job end up being in the Marine Corps? 
So um, I started off as an infantry officer. I kind of have this knack of just kind of like working to the top of things. Um, so I, you know, I thought, I mean, for me, you know, I said, how can you join the Marines and, you know, go do, you know, communications or something now in hindsight, <laughs> you know, that maybe some of those skills would have been intelligent, right. Uh, to, to learn and, and then transition from there. But I thought, Hey, being going in the Marine Corps, I got to go into infantry, right. I, I, I mean, I need to challenge myself all the way. Um, and, and I sure did. So I went into infantry, uh, then got into, uh, reconnaissance, um, spent some time in recon, um, with just, uh, amazing elite group of people, um, doing some impressive things. And, uh, yeah, I was only in for four years, but, um, you know, like I said, I had a fantastic time and, and there's things in the military that you, you just don't learn right in other academic uh, trainings and things, right? So, so things like leadership, right? Leadership is key. Uh, teamwork is key. Integrity, core values, right? Those are just such key principles that, you know, no one learns anywhere else, you know, as, as I watch my kids grow up. I mean, if you're not teaching that in your household, they're not going to learn that, you know, anywhere else. Um, but the military, uh, you know, really instills that. And of course, the Marine Corps is, you know, really the elite. You know, we can we can say that in this room here today <laughs> that, uh, you, you know, that, that it's just so important uh, for the Marine Corps. So so I love that, you know, that passion and that pride that comes, you know, for the Marine Corps and, and really for, you know, all veterans as well. But. What do you think? Uh, like, so what do you think? you learned in the Marine Corps that, that still impacts you to this day. What is, what are some things that maybe you picked up there that are core to your success thus far? I think one of the biggest things is drive. And if you've ever read a great book is uh, high performance habits uh, by Brendan Burchard. And he talks about one of those is having necessity. Right. And and I think, you know, to some extent, you're hardwired with some necessity. And, and that's probably why I gravitated, you know, to the Marine Corps. But um, but just having that, you know, that energy, that deep sense of, um, you know, making things happen, you know, every day is, you know, I learned a lot about that in the Marines. Um, and that's really I still have that, you know, today I still feel like my blood is green, yeah. right? From, from the Marine Corps. I mean, it just, it runs so deep. Um, I have, I still, even to this day, after being out for over 20 years, I mean, I'll still have dreams. Um, I have visions. I have, you know, all kinds of things from whatever it been, jungle warfare school, or, you know, I, we were in Somalia, uh, when all of that happened. Um, you know, so, so I think, I think having necessity, you know, to answer your question, I think is really important. Um, and then also, yeah, just to add to that, that, um, you know, the military training is really like, you know, you're on a, you know, you know, you're on a top sports team, right. And you're playing for the Super Bowl. And, you know, when we went into combat, that was, you know, the actual game. Right. And to see such a well-oiled machine of everyone doing what they're supposed to be doing in the face of danger, taking, you know, taking fire, 
um, uncertain environment, things like that. Leadership, uh, you know, to see leadership, to see that delegated down at other levels and people making decisions um, and everything working seamlessly um, is really, really impressive. You know, and as I graduated into the corporate, you know, world and saw how things were done there, you know, it, it's really a lot of management, you know, it's not necessarily leadership, you know, and, and the difference is, you know, I mean, leaders, people are so inspired, you know, they will do the right thing. They will make the right judgment call without being told, you know, what to do, right? Um, so that's, you know, what you want to try to drive, you know, into an organization. But it was pretty, uh, it's pretty amazing uh, to really see that happen. Yeah, you know, and I, I really, again, just like with the wealth versus rich, the leadership versus management, again, it sings to me, right? Because, you know, the you're right. The lead, I, I always try to like break that down to people and say, you lead people, you manage processes, right? And sometimes we put managers in that position where they don't attend to the people, they just manage the processes and their leadership is bad. Uh, online's guide, we do it on Thursdays now, but I, that's why we, we've kind of departmentalized leadership a little bit just to talk about it. You know, it's really important. Like I think, you know, to me and my philosophy, I think leadership is, is at the root of success of any organization team or whatever. Like it's, I mean, name, name a successful team or organization that has bad leadership or toxic leadership, right? It's, it's going to be hard to find. Yeah. And, 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 or, or it's going to be finite in its shelf life, you know, and cause certainly there's, there's markets and trends that'll blow up overnight and whatever, but they could have had a poor leader at the helm, but you know, it was the, the product or whatever outweighed that for the moment. It can't sustain, right? It's always, it's always going to come back to leadership in, in my mind. So I really, like I said, honor, that because it's so <laughs> in today's world um we're starving for good leadership you know and and i think that's a that's that's just a huge opportunity for everyone just to be better leaders period you know period like whether you don't have to be in charge at work or whatever just be a better leader of yourself your family the things that you care about um you know it starts with you you know and 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 having that leadership mindset of being your own CEO, um, it's, it's, it's vital, you know, just, just with the essence of, of leadership. So I, I really, yeah, that's, that's really spot on Dale. Right. Because I, I think you're right. A lot of people think about leadership as, you know, I've got to be some, you know, corporate CEO or, you know, leading a, a top sports team or something like that. But it, but it does start with yourself and you can, you know, you can demonstrate leadership uh, to your family. You know, it takes leadership every day and, you know, your physical training, you know, things you're doing for your health. Um, and, you know, you, you want to be able to really exemplify that, right? And, and you'll see as you start to make those improvements that, you know, it starts to become very attractive also having a leadership type personality and, and presence, right? And others will flock to you, uh, which, is a, which is a great place to be. Yeah, again, because they're starving for it. And even, yeah. you know, you know this from what we got taught in the Marine Corps, which is like the leadership traits and principles. I tell people all day long, number one leadership principle to me is setting the example. It, you know, you don't have to be in charge of anyone. But if you set an example, people will follow you. And that could be that could go either way. You can set a bad example and people will follow you too, because people again are starving for some form of leadership. 
So I think the onus is on all of us to be those good leaders, get out there and set that example. And we will influence people for the better. Um, and, and, you know, I jokingly tell people all the time, like, I'm trying to save the world through better leadership, right? I, I, don't, I don't necessarily talk like leadership, you know, um, like it's a part of the formula, so to speak. So it's, it's, it's really, really important all around. Um, when, so what, so from there you get out of the Marine Corps, I think you said you went corporate. So what's the path? How, how did you, you know, end up with multiple businesses? What, what was, you know, I, I guess let's, let's take one step back. What did you, how was it coming from the Marine Corps into the civilian world as far as uh, yeah how that was a, that was a difficult transition so i i eventually ended up going through um headhunters that look for you know junior military officers that are you know transitioning um and i'll never forget they they i had one interview and it was at some manufacturing plant in delaware and i walked in and you know whatever you're going to be in charge of a bunch of people like in some factory and i just thought i mean i i almost got sick i'm like look i mean i've literally at 22 years old i mean i had millions of dollars of equipment i was responsible for uh, i was responsible for over 50 marines lives and their welfare uh, and you know now you're going to like stick me in some kind of thing i mean that was just not my vision at all. Uh, so it was a difficult transition, um, but I did end up working for a company that did um, international uh, logistics and transportation, which again, I like that whole international aspect. Um, so they did a lot of shipping across the world. Um, and I was in a, a sales capacity there. Uh, which was great because I realized, you know, part of my unique ability as well is I love dealing with people. I love creating relationships with people. Um, I also love solving problems, uh, you know, for me. So I, I did have, you know, my first taste at, you know, kind of doing that. I think that was good. Uh, but shortly thereafter, I transitioned into, you know, this is like right around 2000. And, you know, I had to get into the technology industry. Um, because there was just so much innovation going on, so much excitement. Uh, so I transitioned and worked for a consulting company, um, probably about 1,500 people, you know, a company a little bit like Accenture, but like a re regional type company. Um, and there I really got to double down on, you know, solving problems, you know, sophisticated problems uh, for, you know, large companies and things and creating those relationships to be able to do that. Uh, so I did enjoy that. Um, but it's funny, I took this, uh, I think it was on Harvard review one time on, on LinkedIn or something. There was this little 10, 15 question test that said, you know, are you an entrepreneur or, or are you not? And I scored like on the, the max on this like, you know, little thing. It's like, wow, I wish I had learned that, you know, maybe 10 years ago or something that told, you know, cause I couldn't hold down a job for more than 18 months. I, I just, I, I bounced around a bit and I just always felt that, Hey, I could do things faster, better, cheaper, than you know the people the leadership that i had was completely lacking i mean there were some great people in there you know don't get me wrong but i still always felt that i could kind of do things better i could create more value for my clients uh, sometimes i was in a position where my principles 
uh, might get, you know, uh, twisted. And I really did not like that. Right. And especially in, you know, the world uh, of Wall Street and not principles like stakeholders, but your values, morals, values, principles. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Uh, because, right, everyone is driven towards these quarterly results that, you know, you have to do whatever it takes to do that, even though, let's say you've been developing a relationship for two years and you're going to pull out all the stops and throw that away just so you can, you know, do one, you know, something in one quarter to make those results. You know, so I didn't feel like I, I felt compromised. Uh, in those situations. And I, and I really didn't like that. So all of these things really pointed me uh, to starting my own business. Um, and at the same time, you know, just going back to wealth, right? So we have four kids, including triplets, right? So at the time, we had a two-year-old and our triplets were just born. And I'm talking to our financial planner and, you know, he's saying the same thing people are saying today is, look, the market's going to go up, the market's going to go down, but, you know, you'll probably make 7% over the long haul. So you're going to build towards this nest egg. Um, and oh, by the way, now I have, you know, four college educations to pay for and, you know, raising of these kids. And it's like, you know, no, how, no matter how much money you made, it just like it didn't move the needle, right? So, so the entrepreneur in me and the problem solver wanted to find a different way about how could I really provide for my family because this, you know, this model just was not was not working for me, right? And this was while you're employed with that uh, consultancy, yeah, with, with that company, exactly. Yeah, so, was so that, that the yeah. point that you said, "Hey, I need to go do my own thing because I'm kind of capped." you know, with my financial potential? Yeah, this was all right around, you know, 2000. And, and actually, Rich Dad had just come out. I think it was like 99 that that, you know, first book actually came out. So um, I read that, you know, I was I was frustrated with some other things. And um, I did work for another company um, after that. And I uh, had transitioned back to the DC area. Um, after that, you know, still working for technology solutions company, worked there for a little while um, before I, I started my own business. And, you know, I think all of those things just led me up to, I, you know, it took, took probably, you know, almost two years to, you know, start everything. And I still had to support a family. It wasn't like I was 25, right? And and had an endless runway and, and things like that. Supporting a family. So your nuts a little bit bigger to start a business, bigger risk, all of that to do that. Um, but boy, I've never, never looked back. Hey guys, Dale here. And I wanted to take a quick break to invite you to join the launch of the Lions Guy community called The Pride. You see, whether it was at work dealing with the demands of the day or maintaining the demands of my life at home, I always seemed to feel like my struggles were unique, like somehow I was the only one struggling to find joy amidst all the weight that I felt I was carrying each day. And you know what I've come to realize is that we all have our struggles that we're up against, and it's pretty demanding. The only way to rise to those demands is to decide and make the change to adopt a growth mindset, to be what I call a high performer. And that's why I started Lions Guide. I want to help you break through to the next level of you and your ability to not only meet, but exceed those demands on you and in doing so, find your joy again. 
If you're a growth-minded individual ready to make a change, then I'm here for you. And this is how you get started. I invite you to visit lionsguy.com and sign up to join the Pride. The Pride is the Lions Guy community for growth-minded members like you. Once signed up, you'll get special access to all the free content and resources I'm putting out there. You'll also be invited to join my live online events where I host sessions on personal growth and high performance. You'll also be able to engage with other growth-minded members on our private online group. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast as a member, you'll get access not only to all the podcasts, but also the podcasts that have been yet to be released. So get access to all this and more. So break out of that rut, break into your next level, and join me on lionsguide.com, and let's grow together. Go to lionsguide.com and become a member of the Pride today. Now back to the show. I got to tell you, man, starting a business, I, I, my wife and I actually were having this discussion this morning. I was really fortunate to have great partners, right? Because partnerships are like marriage and you've really got to be fundamentally in line. And I'll say like, to your point, we were never, when we were like very privately held, uh, you know, I had my, I had, I started my business. I founded it. I brought a partner in because I was more visionary. You know, I knew I needed integrators and, and I brought a fellow Marine Sergeant in and then through acquisition, I, I picked up two other partners along the way, man, we all like, You've hit on a couple of things I think I just want to honor, right? Which is we all recognized between each other our unique abilities and said, that's your hat, that's your hat, that's your hat. I'm going to trust you to do what you do best and I'm while I do what I do best. And we really had that, you know, we really had that win, win, win mindset as a partnership. Which is great because it's nice to have partners because going solo is tough. Like you've got it all, you know, on you and you need things like strategic coach and Vistage and things like that to help, you know, you know, because it's really a lonely place. And I'd say the other part too, we were never bottom up, man. We were just, what do we got to do to deliver value? You know, what are the problems? How do we solve them? And and we said this, we, we, we said this, if not daily, do the right thing, the profits will come. If you're solving the right problems, you're 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 providing the value. The profits will come. We never felt we needed to think in any other way. Like that, it's just what worked for us. And it was, um, and and when you get in these environments where it's it's that like that bottom up, like the only way you make money is to cut expenses. And uh, Kiyosaki has a great great quote he, uh, in one of his books referring to uh, he calls them bean counters. He says, you know, when bean pa- bean counters get a hold of a business, it. it it's done, you know, because that's, that's yeah. that mindset. And, yeah. and it, it's true. And, and, and it drives me bananas, you know, because if, if you, the customers will tell you what, what's, what they want, what's valuable and the profits will come if you, if you deliver on that, that value. And, um, if, if you're of that mindset, it will drive you crazy when you're in environments that it's not, it's the opposite and you feel, yeah. you just aren't congruent, you know? So, yeah, there. I think there's a lot of concepts in entrepreneurship that are really counterintuitive, um, and you know, a lot of us build businesses from right. We build businesses from what we already know, maybe our experiences, maybe our relationships and Rolodex or something like that, um, right? But there's these things like you know, just like you're talking about, like creating value. Right. If you're focused on creating value for people, um, you, you're right. Financial rewards are really going to be a barometer of your success, you know. Uh, but mostly in corporate America, people are doing it the complete opposite. It's all about just chasing the dollar. 
that's all they're doing is chasing the dollar. Um, and, and I think, you know, then you eventually get capped out, you know, doing that. And, and this, this is a terrible mindset uh, as well to really have that. Yeah, you know, and what it is, it's it's. I think uh, what Covey says, like you don't see the forest for the trees, right? When you're like, your focus is gross margin on a spreadsheet. You know, you're <laughs> you're not seeing the forest for the trees, man. And uh, it's it's stuff that 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 kind of really made me once once I sold my company and kind of was in that world, that level of finance and analysis. I was not having fun because I, for me, like my, my heart was screaming, like we're, we're focusing on the wrong thing. Like we're spending 90 minute meetings on, you know, cells and a spreadsheet, you know, meanwhile, we've got service to deliver and value. Like I, again, it just, I, I really had to kind of, I, I had to recognize that, you know, what, what, what made me fulfilled was not, you know, the numbers, you know, uh, I know, I know right. you do the right things. The numbers happen, you know, um, right. you didn't need to go, right. go, right. you know, let the tail, tail wag this, the dog. dog. Yeah. 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 There's also this, uh, approach, right. I think, you know, it's kind of like the, the Zig Ziglar approach, right. Which is all about serving others, you know, and I, you know, I think most people are always looking for what's in it for themselves, whether they go to a networking conference, a business meeting or whatever, they're always looking at it from that perspective. Uh, but if you change your perspective and you figure out how many people can I actually help, how many people can I impact? Um, it's amazing. You'll, you'll completely 10 X, you know, your results, but it's a big shift in mindset. Yeah. A hundred percent. The, um, so, you know, we talked about rich that poor that I, I guess, would you uh, kind of, was there any other resources that you think impacted you, you know, for this? Because you're right, this back to finance, it is a mindset change. Wealth is a mindset change. What, any other resources that maybe you tune into or you feel like really impacted you in this area? Yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting, right? Because a, a lot of this really is the psychology right? Of, of wealth and money. Uh, and I think, I mean, that's really an important thing, right? It's, it's not sitting down looking at, you know, your financials. I mean, that's kind of the, the, the details of it, right? But the first thing you should really look at is like, you know, what is your vision, right? Where, where are you headed with this in life and everything, right? And then trying to figure out that, you know, the financial, um, you know, you have to have the financial means to be able to fulfill that, right? Whether those are, you know, experiences or starting a business or creating a charity or, or things like that. Um, so unfortunately for me, like, you know, in 2000, I mean, there were not many, there, there were not many resources at all. <laughs> you know, yeah. there was nothing like bigger pockets. There was not like, you know, uh, blogs. I mean, you know, it was all mostly just kind of, you know, networking stuff and, and, and as good as, you know, Rich Dad was, it was so conceptual, right? Yeah. And, and I think, you know, it was, it was really dumbed down, right, to the most simplistic so that everybody could kind of get the concept, the concept, which was super, super powerful. Um, but I, you know, I'm a higher fact finder um, and high follow through. So I was looking for what's the roadmap? What's the blueprint? Like, like uh, you know, I get this. It makes sense. Now I want to go implement it. Uh, but unfortunately, at the time, there were really not that many resources, 
um, you know, you know, available. So, uh, that's why I said it was just, I just started consuming, you know, whatever I could, it was primarily books, you know, I'm just constantly, uh, reading books and, and books are such an amazing source of information. If you think about it, right. Someone downloads their entire life into 250 pages and, you know, you can consume all of those, you know, points of, of wisdom and insight. So, you know, primarily looking at just different books and things and trying to uh, put all of these things together. And again, I mean, and entrepreneurs will appreciate this, right? I mean, how many people, you know, 98 people tell you no before someone says yes. And it was the same thing on the financial, you know, in the financial world, everywhere I went, People told me, no, you can't do that. No, you can't do that. I just have a 401k. I put all my money in my 401k. I'm paying down my house. I'm following these things like, you know, Dave Ramsey. I'm doing 529s for my kids. Well, that's, you know, that's what we do, right? Because, and, and I said, you know, I just kept asking why, why, and kept being really inquisitive and kept learning. Um, and, you know, then tried to, again, when I take that forward, it's like, you know, now I really tried to instantiate that into, you know, our book and into a concept that people can actually take action on. Yeah. The, uh, and I guess what, what is that? Like, you know, when you're talking to people, let's just say that, that, that are inquisitive, they want to, they, they know they're not on the right path. Like what, what advice do you give them? Like, you know, to, to, start charting a better path. Where do you get them started? What, what, where do you kind of, how do you mentor someone that's interested in that? Yeah. So, so look, we have four simple steps, uh, into our wealth, holistic wealth strategy. The first one, well, and, and as you set that up, right, the first component of this is really creating your vision. You know, if you don't have a target, you're going to miss every time. Um, and this is something that should be really well thought through, you know, with your spouse, with your family. Uh, so you know what kind of path you're going to be. You know, most people spend more time planning a vacation that they do their financial future. Yeah. Uh, right. But, you, you know, you're really shortchanging yourself. So where do you want to be in three years, five years, 10 years? You know, what do things look like, you know, for you and your family? I think that's absolutely critical. Um, then, and then we go into the first phase which is all about mindset. It's really your why, you know, what, what makes you tick, you know, do you want to create some kind of amazing charity that, you know, supports veterans? Is that, you know, what drives you? Maybe you support a church. You, maybe you want to create the next, you know, uh, you know, Elon Musk type company, right. And sure. be the next Tesla or something, you know, what, what is it, right. That's your why. And this includes things like beliefs, right. Um, getting rid of limiting beliefs you might've had in the past, uh, through bad, you know, influences. This also involves your health, right. And, and we've talked about this, right, Dale, that, that you know, having the performance and, and pushing yourself health wise, um, you know, my goal is to live to 116. So what am I doing today? you know, to be able to try to get there. Now, right? where does that I'm, number I'm come from at, for you? What, what's 116 significant for? So I can, uh, <laughs> I can go into a little detail here. I mean, essentially what I looked at is, you know, my, you know, genetic age, my chronological age would probably take me to about 92 based on genetics and things like that. However, the majority of people when they pass, 
it's because they've run out of money. All of their friends around them have, you know, died or all they're talking about is having health issues, right? So you, now you have, you've lost kind of that social impetus. Um, and then people have lost like purpose, right? They're just waking up kind of, you know, doing nothing. Um, so my approach is if I can improve those, so I have, I never have to worry about money again, however old I am. Um, I've always expanding my circle of relationships and people that inspire me and, you know, things that I want to do. Um, and also I, I, I just don't believe in this entire concept of retirement. It makes absolutely no sense. You know, that's from that, you know, we, we live in a new age, right? Retirement is to stop doing what wasn't working before, right? I never want to stop working if it's the lifestyle that you just created, right? For yourself and then what energizes you. So I, ne I never want to stop. I want to continue to do that. So having that purpose. And then of course, think about the technological advantages. I, I, I mean, think about what's just changed in the past 10 years for us. So what could be possible for you, you know, in the next 30 years uh, with technology advancements? Um, and I have a very strategic, you know, part of our strategy here is also, it's all about building a team. Right. So the doctor on my team is, I mean, he's one of the top doctors in the DC area. He's focused strictly on integrative medicine, which is a very different approach. Um, so it involves supplementation, lots of, you know, blood work and analysis to see how you're doing. How are you performing under the hood? If you're not measuring that today, you can't improve that. Right. So um, I'm very into biohacking and, you know, different types of methods to, you know, not only increase my longevity, but uh, my vitality as well. I love um, it. So and we're going to come, we're gonna come back to that because I think there's a lot yeah. there and I want to I want to hear more from you on that. But and but I want to honor like you're you're eating your own dog food because you said like you've got to have a vision. Right. And, and you're not going to hit a target you don't aim at. And you go, I'm going to live to 116. It's like. There it is. Like, that's exactly your point that you're not, that's your goal. And, and you're going to, you know, I, we hear it, but it, I, it's true, man. You're going to manifest that because you have a vision, right? If you bring clarity to your vision, the odds that you're going to make it happen, <laughs> you know? So I just want to like say, honor you for that, because I think that's important. And I think, you know, having that vision helps, you know, to your point of, I, I love that you started here because it, that why that you're talking about, like your why in in your in having your vision is really what helps you persevere, you know, because it's not going to be easy. You know, these things that we want when we take charge of enacting and obtaining our vision, like it's going to be hard. And what you said with having it, I, I the only way I can explain it well, I think, is like imagine not having it having it, right? You're just, you know, what I call the bobber in the ocean. You're just bobbing around. You're getting shoved around by the waves of the of life of the world. You're not really going anywhere. But if you had that vision, you know, all of a sudden you grow, you start growing oars <laughs> and you start, you know, maybe you're still a bobber, but now you're a bobber with oars and you're starting to inch away and you slowly grow and become more and you have control. So I, I love it, man. I think it's awesome. But anyway, I'll let you get back to your, your four areas. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. And just, I mean, just to add on a mindset a little bit, I I think, you know, that's really value. It's like, you know, your habits, right? Like, are, are your habits pushing you closer towards your vision or are they, you know, hindering you, you know? So habits, goals, um, you're a product of the five people that you spend the most time with, 
So what does your circle look like? Right. So those are all the things around mindset, um, you know, that we kind of focus on first. And then we move into um, really increasing your IQ. Um, and I would break that out into a couple of areas, which I would say definitely financial IQ about learning some of these alternative strategies uh, that we have in place to be able to grow your wealth. Um, there's that mindset IQ, which is, you know, focusing on yourself. It's, it, it's an evolutionary and dynamic process that ideally, you know, you're becoming a lifelong learner. You're always learning. And how many people do we run into who say, uh, they, they feel like they know everything, right? <laughs> but they're, they're just capped. You know, yeah. I don't spend time with those kind of people you know, yeah. or people who complain. They're, yeah. they're not in my life. It's people who are always learning, always getting exposed to new ideas. And then also health IQ. You know, like I said, I mean, if you had, if you had your net worth was a hundred million, but you had no health and you had cancer, how much would you pay, right? To solve cancer? I mean, it'd be pretty massive, right? So I think health is just, you know, so important. And that's kind of why we, why we rank in that. And, you know, this whole concept as well is really looking at yourself as the most important asset that you have, right? So why not think, think about even some of the top athletes. I think Kobe Bryant spends like over a million dollars on his body alone a year. I mean, how much did you spend? I mean, I know, I know I spend like in supplements and things, you know, I probably spend almost as much as my grocery bill, sure. um, you know, looking at different things, but there's a lot of different ways that you can, you can optimize there if you put a focus on it, right? right. And looking at yourself is that core asset, which is, which is a bit of a mindset, mindset shift. Uh, Kobe um, Bryant, in, in, who's passed, you know, but he also talked a lot about, um, mindfulness as well like he, he you know again it goes back you you might look at these athletes like kobe bryant was or lebron james all these guys and you think like they're just phenoms physically talent wise or whatever but if you dig in and listen to them they're saying the same stuff you are just about their attention to their again their mindset their health and because it all matters it all those little things add up to the great things there it's just not their game it's it's all of all of the above yeah. Yeah. So we then would move into um, uh, what we call like really setting up your infrastructure. So one of the key components that, you know, a lot of people don't realize, uh, a lot of family offices are using these ultra high net worth um, is setting up something called the infinite banking concept, right? Which is essentially leveraging a dividend paying whole life insurance policy, um, where you can actually, uh, put money, um, into this cash value policy. Uh, you get, you get the benefits from it. Certainly your, you know, death benefits that you would have. The money grows and compounds tax-free. It can be passed to your heirs tax-free. Um, it also has an inherent asset protection uh, built into it, right? So creditors cannot access this. Um, and then the really cool concept around this is it's, it's all about like becoming your own bank and having more control. So you can borrow against this policy and you can actually, you know, put money in and then take it back out to go invest into, you know, a deal or something like that. Or you could pay for your kid's college with that. Um, it, 
And also the other thing this does is it does create a tax-free income stream for you, you know, moving into your later years or frankly, whenever you want it. And you'll never outlive your money, right? All Putting the while it in it's there. growing, right? Like exactly. all the while it's sitting there growing. And I think, can you talk quickly about what real growth potential is for money, right? Because a lot of people go, oh, I put my money in my savings account. Oh, or I do my mutual fund. Can you can you talk about that a little bit and what that where that fits in I'll say the opportunity potential out there? Yeah, so again, part of our thinking is that and this is why we call it a strategy. When you have a strategy in place, um, we're actually looking for multi-dimensional um, different aspects, right, of the strategy where you're getting you know, you're getting exponential type results because you're doing multiple things at the same time, right? Versus again, we're just taught with the stock market, what's the ROI with that? You know, you're making 9% this year, last year, the market's up 12%, this and that. Um, but look, the one thing I, that I would be sure I could bet on is that taxes will go up in the future. Okay. So, if I can reposition my assets, number one, into completely tax efficient uh, assets and reduce my tax liabilities, um, those gains could be massive. What are you paying for taxes? And when I started, I mean, we were, you know, with our business, we were spending probably 40% in taxes, if not more. Um, and, you know, now I have it down into very low double digits. And my goal is to hit zero uh, in taxes with this strategy. So just think about what that could mean for you in terms of dollars, right? Alone right there. And that's a perpetual st strategy, right? That's every year, how much you could reduce your taxes. So that's very significant uh, while you're still driving, you know, returns. Um, we also, you know, focus on private equity type investments, right? Which are uh, fixed assets that are, you know, we're holding for longer periods of time, like say five years and doing things like apartment buildings, uh, self-storage. And so these types of assets you can invest in directly as a private investor and you get, they pay a cash flow that can be offset by the depreciation. So your cash flow can come in actually, you know, tax-free. Um, you have equity growth opportunity through forced depreciation where we'll do improvements to properties, things like that. Um, that can grow the value in them as well. Um, and so here, you know, when you, again, you have multiple things, you know, now you're looking at, you know, this cash flow that's coming in, you're getting appreciation on the backside, you're getting the depreciation. Um, and then if you cycle that back into your infinite banking setup, um, you know, things just start kicking up. So that 20% return that you're making. If you add the IRR with the infinite banking, it's now, let's say, 23%. If you add the fact that it's kind of tax-free, you know, now you're up to, you know, making a 38%, you know, gain on that. So these things just continue to multiply the more and more you put them together, but it's got to be in this overall strategy, right? Where, where can someone, because that was, that's a lot. Where, where someone who needs to kind of learn more and start developing a strategy, where would, where would you recommend them to start? 
So we have um, a free copy of our book that we're happy to send anyone. We can link it in the show notes, but um, essentially it's pantheoninvest.com forward slash wealth hyphen strategy. And you could get a free copy of the book and, you know, also happy to give a free consultation, you know, to learn more. Yeah. Great. Awesome. Yeah. Cause it's, it's a lot. And I think like, like we talked about it, it, it takes that mindset set shift and you said it earlier and it's worth repeating for, for the kids in the back, which is you got to be open. Like you got to open your mind up to say what I've been taught this 401k stuff, put my, all my money in a savings account. Like, um, that's that's been institutionalized in a way and there's so much more to your benefit long term no matter where you are like in in life you can change your mindset and thus change your wealth and and like you said to kick the show off and we're not saying get rich we're saying be wealthy be in control and have personal freedom as a result exactly how about uh so so we were talking some of those vehicles. What what's next? Yeah. So um, you know. So those. That's really, I think, foundational. Right. Is is creating that infinite banking uh, is really key. Um, also having a, a comprehensive tax strategy um, that 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 really supports that. And and the same thing with taxes. I fired five different accounting firms over the years of running businesses, and I I just I couldn't get the right answer. All they did was file my taxes. I kept paying them more and more money and they didn't do anything the right way um, until I finally, you know, found the right one. And now I know that, you know, if you're, you know, if you're making, you know, a good bit of money, especially if you're an entrepreneur, you have, uh, you know, a net worth scaling to 10 million and up, um, you know, you need a different strategy. It's not just filing your taxes, right? Uh, so, so that's very uh, huge is setting that up, the tax uh, strategy. Um, and then we also talk about asset repositioning, right? So many people, I mean, I, I know a good friend of mine, an entrepreneur uh, exited, you know, very big eight-figure uh, exit. He, he sold three businesses, he's done really well. And wh- what did he do? That, well, my wife said, we want to pay off the house. Right. Because, you know, but that's following middle class advice, right, to pay off the house. I mean, because what's the rate of return on equity in your house? It's zero. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right. So you're not getting good leverage. So you want to take, you know, anywhere that you have trapped equity, things like that, or you have non-performing assets like things like 401ks, you can actually transition qualified money into, say, a self-directed IRA to then start um, investing into some of these private equity type investments. So that can be really powerful. Um, and yeah, the, the repositioning is just key so that you're, you know, you're creating a new foundation, a new framework uh, from which you can grow uh, and be much, add, add a lot more velocity right, to your overall strategy. Yeah, and I, I love what you said there because it plays on, you know, with regard to advisors, you know, I think it's important to know that we can't just defer, right? Like we can't have like what I call the sloth of mind. Like, ah, I don't know all that stuff. I don't know. I don't know taxes. I just, I just give it all to my accountant. Like that's at your detriment, right? You know, that's because I think what you're trying to say here is like, if you don't know the right questions to ask and you just defer, 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 I don't know that stuff. And you are at their mercy, 
and they could be doing the wrong things and you have no idea, you know, maybe until it's too late or maybe you get wise later or you finally start asking questions. Um, so I think it's really important, you know, to, to the growth, uh, being that, that evergreen learner mindset is that you don't do you need to be a CPA? No, but you need to understand, you know, how the tax system works, what opportunities are out there because, you know, it comes at a cost, you know, ignorance comes at a cost. And, and if you don't know what your CPA should be doing, like you don't know what questions to be asking and you can't guide them. And, and I found like knowing those things and asking them actually, sometimes they, they learn. So, cause sometimes you're working with a CPA who doesn't understand some of these tax, you know, they're, they're perfectly human. Like the rest of us, they don't know everything, but if you're uh, studying these things and tax and tax, strategies and whatever, um, you can then ask questions and have those convert, have an intelligent conversation, right? Maybe an educated, and maybe you're wrong. Like maybe you just picked up on something that's noise and the CPA is familiar with it. And now you can have an intelligent conversation. But the, but the moral of the story is, I think, like you said, with your doctor, like you say, like we need to know, like our advisors are there to advise us, but we can't just defer, you know, and just, fly blind along with them per se, and just have a sloth of mind and not be educated. Yeah, hundred percent. And, and I'll give you a, like a, a good way to look at it, right? Is that again, this goes back to beliefs and what we were taught, right? Is that taxes are a penalty. Everyone has to pay taxes and, you know, we're funding the schools and, you know, that's what we're doing, but we were all W2 you know, for the most part at some point. So we paid our taxes and there was not that much you can do. Uh, but again, going back to Kiyosaki's cash flow quadrant, right? When you're a business owner and investor, the majority of the tax code is actually a roadmap of incentives for people who follow it. So we invest, why do we invest in apartment buildings? Well, the government wants us to create housing for people. So they're going to give us benefits to do that. That's why we invest there, right? That's why we get benefits. So, you know, this is all completely legal stuff. It's just taking advantage and getting smart, right, on what's there. And when you start to look at the tax code in that way, that it's a roadmap of incentives, you know, it's a completely different mindset, right, of what you can do. It goes back to, you know, right, wrong, or different. And this isn't a political show. When Trump was debating with Hillary and and she said, you don't pay any taxes. And he goes, that's because I'm smart. I looked at whoever was in the room. I said, 99% of the country is not going to get what he just said. Like that's not going to, that's going to go over right. terribly because there's this, this um, stereotype that he's like raping the system or whatever. I said, but he's right. Like he is intelligent. Goes back to the sloth of mind part of this. Like he is paying attention and he's making sure he's maximizing his his wealth and putting it to work. And uh, that's back again to the mindset thing that um, you don't need to love the dude, but he, that was a correct statement. <laughs> you know, he, he's, he's not paying taxes because he's intelligent to it. And, and it's all legal. It's, it's, it's not getting over on anything. He's, he's just, you know, got the right strategy, as you mentioned, and there's strategies right. to use and implement. So, right. So, yeah. So then if we move into the last phase, Dale, it's really, this is really all about taking action, you know, and a lot of people can get analysis by paralysis by analysis and get kind of, you know, stuck with some of these things. Uh, but what we want to do is actually create massive passive income. You know, the, the, the typical, again, the typical financial planners is, is 
has this investment thesis where, you know, you're saving a large amount and then you're going to withdraw it in your later years. Um, but what we're talking about is actually, you know, very contradictory, which is creating this passive income uh, nest egg as soon as you can to try, try to start driving off income. And what that does is it does a lot of things. So um, let's say you trans, let's say you were starting a business, you know, and you had, you know, you needed, you know, 12 months of runway right before you could get your business going. Well, what if you had enough passive income that was actually paying your mortgage at the time, right? That could help kind of bridge you, you know, um, or whatever. Let's say maybe you had a medical issue or something like that. So, so creating alternative streams of income really de-risks you in life, right? When we have a lot of these challenges. And then at the same time, you know, we still have this equity appreciation that's growing on the back end, you know? So our golden goose keeps getting bigger. You know, if you, and I'll give you this very simple scenario, right? I mean, if, if you take, let's say you had amassed $4 million under a typical, you know, planner model, right? $4 million, they tell you that you're going to pull out 4% a year. That's so you don't outlive your money, right? Well, you probably thought you might be living on more money, but that's what, 160K before taxes. And you probably don't have many deductions because they assume that, you know, you're not going to have any deductions later on in life and that you're going to be in a lower tax bracket. But I don't know about you, but I want to be wealthier in the future rather than have less wealth. So, so you're at four million. You've got only a hundred, uh, one hundred and sixty k, which is more like maybe one hundred and twenty k. You know, after taxes and fees and everything, that's what you're living on a month. So, if I take that same scenario, and then we had four million in let's say these private equity syndications, right? And it's paying you a cash flow of 8%. You now have an income of 320K that's coming to you completely tax-free because you have all of this tax efficiency. And oh, by the way, every five years, every couple of years, you're going to get that appreciation bump that's you know going up another 10 to 15%. So you're, you know, your 320K now keeps, you keep getting a raise, right? And that's how you actually create legacy wealth as well, you know, to pass on to your heirs and things. So why, why would you kill your golden goose, right? Traditional theory is you're killing your golden goose. We want to keep feeding our golden goose and have it get bigger. And then, you know, it can help, you know, future generations. Yeah, absolutely. And, and again, it's, it's, it's relatively simple, right? You know, I, I don't want to say it's it's not uh, complicated to a degree, but but it, it's attainable, obtainable, you know, so to speak. This these strategies, it's obtainable. It comes down to you know, like I say, understanding it, seeking to understand it, and and taking action. You know, um, and that's where like the you know, the more you learn, the more confident you get and the more confident you get, the more courage you have, the more courage you have, the more likely you'll, you'll take action in the right, right direction, so to speak. Yeah. So I know you're a bit of a high performer. So getting all this done, you know, living to 116, what are some of your, your habits that, you know, contribute most to, to your success? Yeah, well, probably the biggest is, you know, really my morning routine. 
Um, you know, I think uh, I, I've really been, you know, developing that uh, over the years. Um, I, I spend the day, the you know, as soon as I wake up, um, I have a gratitude practice and just kind of review in my head um, some things that I'm grateful for. Um, I also um, will review the wins I had the previous day. Uh, so I kind of get myself into that, you know, positive framework of, you know, what, what then can I do next? Um, I exercise very heavily. I'm a little, uh, a bit addicted, uh, right now my primary sport is cycling. So I ride probably at least 150 miles a week, um, put on more miles on my bike than my car <laughs> every year. Um, but I, you know, that's, uh, that's really great for me because I get out, I get outside, right? And I'm outside, I'm in nature. Um, it's very dynamic, right? There's speed and there's things going on. Um, I do a lot of high intensity intervals um, as well. So that, you know, really gets thing all systems uh, firing and performing. Um, and then after that, um, I will do um, a meditation practice. Uh, I do a little bit of yoga and then do some meditation. And meditation is I've got to say is just one of the absolute top skills uh, that you could actually learn in life. Um, I wish I had only started uh, younger and I've offered for my kids to get them going. I've, I've paid them money, everything. Just, just please, you know, med it, it's the most powerful, you know, just 12 minutes a day and you get so much, you know, clarity and things, you know, to start your day. It's very empowering. Um, so yeah, so I work on that and then I do a little journaling, uh, as well. So I'm very intentional about my day. I focus on, you know, three things that are critical that I need to get done in a day. Uh, what are the most important? And I have a weekly planner that uh, supports that as well. Like three of the most critical things I want to get done, um, in the week. And then I think it really sets you up for living a very intentional life right? And, and supporting, again, that vision. So I'm creating those habits um, and, and setting up the right beliefs and the right mindset to live the vision of, you know, the life that I'm trying to build. Yeah, no, that's excellent. What, with regard to like the, the positive framing, that seems a little bit unique in a way. What, what kind of brought that in and kind of what did it do for you? Like, what were you solving for when that became a part of your practice? Yeah, so I'll have to give credit to strategic coach for that. So uh, there's there's basically and and that's all about thinking exercises, right? We talk about thinking about your thinking, and uh, you know there's this little exercise that I will do when I start my Monday morning. And by the way, uh, I've never I haven't looked at my phone, I haven't looked at my PC, anything before. Um, you know, I do all of those things, but on a Monday morning you know, I'll take out my journal and then I'll go through, you know, what were my biggest wins the week per prior? And I'll journal, you know, what was the win? Why was it important? And then there's another section is, you know, okay, well, what more can I do next? Right? What's, what's the follow on? Can I build from that momentum? So you're creating this completely positive mindset of building from this momentum that you've had. What can I achieve next? Um, and doing that. And then, you know, you can do that on a daily thing. And I mean, here, here's another great, you know, habit we've, I've kind of evolved from that is, you know, when I'll go for a walk with my wife or when we catch up, 
we start our conversation with what were your top three wins for the day? It completely changes the dynamic of how you have the conversation. And I do it with folks on our team as well. It's the first thing we talk about. You know, what, what was your biggest win that you had, you know, la last week or, or yesterday, you know, since we, since we talked, um, and, and just shifting that mindset towards that positive focus, um, is huge versus, you know, in corporate, right. Most people want to talk about what went wrong. Yeah. No, that's awesome, man. So, and, and thank you for elaborating on that. Cause I think it's, it's key, right? It's not all about just exercise and whatever. Like it starts with that mindset, man. And, uh, I love that. And so what about, and so kind of bringing this thing, uh, on the home stretch here, what are you working on now? What's what's got you excited? Oh yeah, Dale. Um, boy, super excited about this year. And, and again, it's, it's kind of all these things we've been talking about, right? It's all about creating value. Uh, for people. So I'm just so excited about that. We have, uh, we certainly have a lot of private equity deals. We have a lot of deal flow that's coming out. We actually have a Bitcoin mining fund um, that's just, just being released here uh, next week, uh, which I'm really excited about. Um, it's got some incredible economics to it. Um, we've also creating some new partnerships uh, with some strategic family offices um, to be able to, uh, you know, again, help people set up this infrastructure for themselves, you know, the infinite banking uh, portion, uh, as well as getting access, you know, to some of the best, you know, best deals and everything. So, so yeah, we're, we're excited about this year. Oh, and I'm also relaunching uh, the book as well, The Holistic Wealth Strategy. So I'm underway uh, working um, with a writer on this, and hopefully that will come out at the end of the year. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So where can uh, people find you? Just, uh, yeah, absolutely. So again, um, just, we could put it in the show notes, but, um, if you'd like a free copy of the book, it would be pantheoninvest.com forward slash wealth hyphen strategy. So, you know, feel free to download that. Um, people can connect with me, uh, on LinkedIn. We also have a podcast as well called wealth strategy secrets of the ultra wealthy, which Dale was on, had a great time, uh, connecting with Dale on that. So, uh, feel free to reach out. Cool. Awesome. Dave, man, it's been an honor and I love talking with you on all these things. And, and, and again, to, <laughs> to your book's point, like it's holistic, man. It's it's all of it. It's not just one thing, it's it's everything, man. So I, I appreciate you coming on and sharing your story and everything you've learned. And uh, I look forward to keeping in touch. Awesome, thanks, Dale. Thank you. Thank you.